welcome to Bad Dad's Film Review. Each week, one of the movie-obsessed dads amongst us picks a film they missed while bringing up their kids for us to watch and chat about. And then we do the same for something our kids watch, just for shits and giggles. As that previous sentence implied, there are going to be a few swears in this show. And we do discuss the spoilers. And that's a particular problem, I think, for this week's movie, which is Promising Young Woman, which we'll probably need to heavily spoil to talk about. So if you want to enjoy that unsullied, sit back, listen to the top five, watch the movie, and then jump back in and listen again to hear our thoughts, preferably on a different podcast player to your (laughs) usual one, because that will artificially boost our download numbers. We're recording this on Star Wars Day, May the 4th. So let's just take a moment to remember how awful Rise of the Skywalkers was. Everything post-Empire. Yeah. Oh, and moving on, in the week when Bill and Melinda Gates announce they are divorcing, she, yeah, she yeah, gets PowerPoint, he gets Excel, they share point. <laughs> Peter Andre is bringing us the choices this week with a distinctly British feel. And now a little more on the man himself. Peter is an ex-SAS uh, werewolf who worships the colour blue and now chooses to self-identify as a gelatinous cube. A traumatic brain injury at an early age rendered him unable to speak. So in- instead he chose to express his thoughts via a series of words and numbers etched on metal cards. Thankfully rehabilitated, he spends most of his time writing blog posts for the Bad Dad's <laughs> Film Review website and drawing pictures of a bipedal shark festooned with horns, tentacles and the faces of his family and friends pressing out from within its skin. Yeah, it's nailed All true. It. Absolutely nailed it. I think, again, it's like... And, and he did Mysterious Girl. Yes, you know, he did. I think that's a big part of what yeah. people don't realise is Peter Andre's Mysterious Girl, I want to get close to you. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't do it in an Indian accent, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, what a time that must have been for you. Uh, yeah, I'm still dining out on it, to be honest, which is why I've got a weight problem. <laughs> and it, Well, I mean, okay, we may say goodbye to the six-pack from those heady days. But, yeah, um, long, long since I've drunk that six-pack. you've pack. still got the voice. Yeah. Still got the voice. Yeah, it's beautiful. You heard it earlier. Yeah. Jordan must be a pain in the arse, though. They're yeah, not together. Like, yeah, but they're forever linked, aren't they? They're bound insania. by their shared history. No, only for <laughs> another insania, few years. Yeah. Has anybody watched anything this week? Yeah. What have you watched? Heat. I did actually watch it. Did, did you I did. watch that the other week? No, it was LA Confidential. So I'm oh, revisiting a couple of classics. And I started watching Geostorm, but I haven't completed it yet. It's amazing. It's fucking fantastic, yeah. I watched, with, with the kids actually, I watched the original Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And I'm so glad I did, because it's just highlighted how wank the, the remake mm, was. I didn't go anywhere near it. Uh, well, t- unfortunately, I, I have watched that a couple of times and and hadn't been back to the original, which is fucking excellent, mm. and certainly in comparison to the to the other tosh that the, the kids the, have a complete freak out of the boat a bit. No, like, not at all. They, they all they all watch that, and, and it's didn't weird re- though, it isn't it? it? To be honest, I watched that film as a child, and and never, I wasn't sort of you know weirded out by that bit. I think it's it's generally a weird film, and you kind of like mm. accept all of the nonsense that's going on. You, you're wrapped up in it, but it wasn't too sinister. It's when he laughs and eats the teacup. It's just like some yeah. fucking hideous acid trip. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, great film though. It mm. is a great film. I watched a film that was on Disney. Harrison Ford. Have you seen? This? Is that when you need to take a piss when you're out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just Harrison Ford taking a word. No, it, I, th- I think it was called, I'm pretty sure it's Call of the Wild, Jack London book. And, but this was on a different kind of twist to it. So 
it was it was followed like a, a dog, a husky dog out in a, a, like Alaska gold rush country. You know, back back in the day when the, when dogs were important to to before trains came and delivered the mail and that kind of stuff. You know, it was. Uh, <laughs> you I remember the Trans Siberian Husky sleds. Was was, was well, they used to have them <laughs> delivering the mail and everything, like you know. So the Orient Express. Orient Express. <laughs> You've got to go back in history. You guys don't remember anything before Twitter. Yeah. That, that's the problem. The Orient right? Express was a Pekingese dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this this was actually really really good. I watched it with it, both the kids and. They really enjoyed it as well. Disney, Harrison Ford, who who plays this kind of old, tough, old boot, you know, um, the only one that's not looking for gold. And it, it's just, a, a, it was a really lovely story, actually. And, when when um, was this made? Like, when, when is it in Harrison's? I think it was 2020. <laughs> yeah, it's recent. Yeah. Oh, right. oh, okay, so this is... Yeah. Yeah. So it's old man Harrison Ford. Yeah, so it's yeah. old man Harrison Ford. And he, he's with this... Big old kind of husky dog who's, you know, is... They could have used to be a trainer. Disney are good yeah, at that sort Disney of thing. Yeah, really good at that. It sounds awful. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. It's surprisingly okay. good. It's just the way that I've described it. That's mm. all I'm interested awful. in the train dogs. So it, that is probably <laughs> the part. <laughs> train dogs. Yeah, yeah they're brilliant. Mm. Brilliant. Nomadland's dogs. already on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, Disney I'm going to watch yeah. that soon. Mm. I thought about it last week, but I was a bit sleepy. Did you see anything? I finished off Invincible. Okay. It's really good and horribly violent. We had top five last week, just to round off. We did, which was top five dancing, dancing oh, thing. Yeah. We had two hundred billion that nominations. Was such a brilliant, brilliant subject. Yeah. Who was that it one? was done. It was. It, it was, was a good one. Yeah, yeah. No, it was a good. And one. we did a billions of nominations for Dirty Dancing, so it's got to go it's in. Thank you dancing. to everybody. Who nominated at the time dancing. of our lives? We really did. Um, <laughs> cheese. Yeah. You've got a cheese selection here. Well, Peter. I wanted to, to mention the cheese tonight because, in keeping with this week's theme, which is the best of British, I've gone for a, a purely British cheese board, which involves a, a Yorkshire Blue, which is a new one to me. It's very which, delicious, yeah, that one. From from the Shepherd's Purse. A, what did I say? It was a Capricorn Goat's Cheese. There is some Cornish Brie that we've not got amongst yet, and Devonshire Tickler. Ooh. Which is a, a particular definitely cheddar. needs a chutney with it. It's a bit bland. Yeah, right? yeah. So I, I brought just to accompany that. I did bring a damson and apple chutney. That's sensational. Yeah. A de- the Devonshire tickler. Yeah, the Devonshire tickler. It's like that the was... worst superhero ever. <laughs> yeah, or like it sounds like a, like the Yorkshire Ripper. Yeah, yeah um, but like, the pedo. Devon 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 Devon. Quite as bad. No, not, not quite as bad. Bushes, yeah. tickling. Top five then. Yep. Is British movies. Yeah, that's right, and, and Irish, British and Irish. Like I think British wasn't an, You couldn't just have like uh, British. You need to open because there wasn't enough choice to to be had out of British films. Well, I, th- I think is is in tribute to top five the, films. The British and Irish Lions soon to be visiting Jersey. Maybe they're here. I don't like rugby and don't care. So I think the guy Warren Gatlin. Warren Gatlin. I want Gun. to say yeah, he yeah. was over here because they're setting up a training camp yeah. here or something. But he's Australian, I think. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. How he would know. 
If Howie, Howie, here, Howie he would, would know, yeah, rugby sucks, this. Howie. So yeah, I, I mean, I, this is this is not necessarily. I mean, it, is, it was my choice, but I think it became apparent a few weeks ago when we were doing. It was it was. Don't try to absorb yourself. Okay, no, no, no right, I, I'm happy, but I think we were all keen. You guys were deliberately leaving British films yes, out of your the choices. Reverse Brexit. Oh, the European so, one. So that yeah, 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 yeah so yeah, that we could yeah, then yeah. come back and, and do this. So mm. I, I hope we all had fun. Do you want to searching it? Start the ball rolling. I will do, and and I'm going to go big. And this is genuinely one of my favourite films of all time, Lawrence of Arabia. Mm. It's a film that is it's yeah it's it's a long long old film. Three and as hours, we know, three hours forty, two hundred and twenty eight minutes. Yeah, ish. Fuck me. Is that, that three is hours forty long odd? Yeah, time, it's it? um, an absolute. Yes. Epic. champion of a film I mean it, it, Rotul the, yeah. knocks it out of the park as uh, T. Lawrence Omar Sharif that scene incredible where yeah. he's he's just coming across the desert in this kind of mirage towards the, the one oasis it's one of the most iconic scenes I've you'll seen, have. That, you've scene seen that scene before, yeah. of course you've seen any cinema you would have come across that scene yeah i mean it's it is it's it creates there's not a lot happening it's just a guy mm. coming getting closer and closer to a, a well and but it's it's minutes long but it you you're not i wasn't at any point thinking oh hurry up it builds the suspense it's yeah i mean this this film was was epic on on all levels really yeah. we, there's no the the other yeah, i mean it's it's based, it's based on wow I mean, the, yeah. I know, you know I've got to see it. This, I mean, this is when the academy actually was was pretty legit as well. You've got this was a film that they wouldn't make today, so it's another reason to watch this film. Mm. They will never make a film like this no, again. No, no, this wasn't CGI. This was proper on location, on yeah. location yeah. in Sahara. They will never do films yeah. like this again. The, you know, Maybe, so well, for that reason, Fast and alone, Furious, Fast and Furious, go out on location. Don't bring. <laughs> wow. It actually wow. made me feel a, a, a little bit vom in my mouth there. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you know, you know, just to bring those into the same. Actually, um, they did in the one that we watched with the plane and the, the cars that came out of the plane. Can we they actually talk? did that sequence. They they flew for three days with cars yeah. actually having parachutes on no, them. So never mind. It Let's is get basically back to the same Arabia, Arabia because this this is a film that is. Well yeah. worthy of of discussion. It's got an unforgettable score. The the music through it is actually I've got the album on vinyl over there. It's it's fantastic. It's it's just as epic as the film. Absolutely, yeah. you've got Freddie Young was the cinematographer, and the the quality throughout it all six Oscars mm. says you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. back when Oscars meant something. Yeah, what I would say, Riggs. And we don't want to make this episode as long as the film itself, so we, we're not going to go through all of it. I watched this for the first time maybe 10 years ago, probably, and I would have been far less open-minded to, to watching a film like that than I would be now, let's say. Mm. And at no point was I bored. No, I, I was, there's no reason I, I ever... It's, I'll watch I should this once watch every this. couple of years. Yeah, I really you know, I've, I've probably seen done it four probably times. Four, well, basically, you finish times. it once and then start again. <laughs> and then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's no, definitely I, worth it, the watch. What kind of film buff hasn't seen uh, Lawrence of Arabia? I tell you what, so. we'll get round here, projector on, mm. put it on, get the right cable cinema. Yeah, yeah. bring a right change, cables. bring a change of clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sleeping bag. Toothbrush. Yeah. Uh, so go. Yeah. Uh, Shane Meadows' fourth film is Dead Man's oh, Shoes. I love this Never one. seen this. He, I've not, his I've not third seen film was called Once Upon a Time in the Midlands, and that was a bit bigger budget. Had right. a really big 
well, big sort of but British cast, but it, it was kind I of... I do like him. But kind know. of that one flops over with, the, with Dead Man's Shoes. He went back down to Loki, the smaller cast. The guy from... Yeah, Thor, from yeah Marvel. Right, yeah. It was Paddy Considine casting yeah. this again. And this, for me, is one of my favourite ever performances. It's fucking terrifying. Yeah. It's He's a kind really of... Good. I don't want This is one I'm not going to spoil because if you haven't seen it, you really need to. It's a kind of revenge thriller, is yeah. all I say, and he is a fucking terrifying. I've seen he's protagonist. Just, he's, he's just not the hero. utterly he's just, psychotic. He just stares this drug dealer down in a pub. Where well, he I've comes up, he scene. comes up all sort of like in that friendly but trying to be intimidating yeah. way about. Oh, the boys are saying that you might have, and he's just like, yeah, I did. And he's just staring at him, just directly in the <laughs> but eyes. They're and in a so terrifying. Two CV. It's fucking laughable. Yeah, it, yeah. It, but you'd need to see it. It's fucking fantastic. I do. Really have, I haven't yeah. seen this. Film. Oh, it's brilliant. But only because I'm a little bit scared of watching it. I don't want to watch it by myself. It's this because or... I've heard it is really like yeah, jarring and sinister. And... Yeah, I mean it is. It's not like a scary thing. It's just like, no. he's he's scary in that you know there are probably people out there that are as psychotic as him, but he has good reason to be. And it's just it, the performance is fucking unbelievable. Mm-hmm. This is my. It's this or this is England. It's my favourite Shane Meadows movie. Have you seen Room for Romeo Brass? That's no, really good. Well, that, that was going to be one of my picks. And Paddy Considine is brilliant yeah. in that as well. I don't yeah. know how he manages to be like an, an idiotic. His and, and then, laugh, like and, comedic and chops in Hot Fuzz as well. Yeah, he's a he's a yeah. seriously seriously yeah. good actor. Mm. Yeah, I'm done. Oh, uh, the big hit is going to keep coming, aren't they? I'm going to have to say Train Spotting. I yeah. mean, it's a quintessentially British film. Danny Boyle is one of my favourite directors. Even his crappy movies like Millions and Trance, I still really get something out of. This is an incredible hit. Sometimes it's hilarious. Sometimes it's tragic. Sometimes it's surreal. It's brutal. There's uplifting moments in it. It's got such iconic moments like the chase down Edinburgh's Prince's Street with Lust for Life going or, you know, the Ewan McGregor diving down the world's worst toilet, Robert Carlyle's fight scenes. It's just brilliant. The poster and everything about it was absolutely iconic. If you were in a student yeah, dorm room exactly what I was say. at that age, yeah, you would have yeah, had yeah. This, the scene. This really was the sort of cultural zeitgeist. Yeah, you know, the the film, the soundtrack, all the stuff that went with it. Like you say, the posters. It it was a hit. I was listening to some other film conversations today, and they were talking about Avatar and how it's the complete opposite. Even yeah, though it's, it's just disappeared, it doesn't exist now. Yeah. No one talks about it. No one references it. Whereas this was the absolute opposite, and it, it was fucking global. Everywhere. And McGregor was launched to stardom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, oh, you know, I mean, he'd obviously done other things, Shallow Grave, another great Well, I was going to say film. that one as well. It's a um, great movie, it Shallow is a Grave. It's a great movie. And, you know, he, but Train Spotting was, was grittier. Mm. It, it just hit that tone there of everything around the time. And it, as you say, it's the character's... Have you seen the follow-up? I can't can't remember what it's called. Yeah, Yeah. I did. I went to cinema and watched it. I actually, because everybody panned it, it. and I actually thought it was okay. No, it was. It wasn't for me. It's not the same as Train Spotting, and it doesn't really try to be. But it was interesting. It was so far short of the original, which I know the bar was so high. But yeah, like it, it, it wasn't anything like as impactful as the original, which was never going to be. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was a, a tough watch, I think, the second one for me, but the first one got me to the cinema to watch the second one. You know, yeah, it was yeah. that good True. 15, 20 years later. There's tons of these classics yeah, out, out there. there. But what, one of the, the British films that I really, really enjoyed seeing, and it, it kind of put me on to 
a lot of other of these types of films was Kind Hearts and, and Coronets. If you haven't seen it already, I don't think you have, Peter, no, have you? No. You would have never seen it. And you, you've yeah, seen yeah, it as yeah. well. So it's it's basically this charming literary romantic film that involves uh, a penniless kind of guy going on a murderous rampage against his relatives, all these astrocrats that have... Asterix. Asterix. All these asterixes. These like like kind of astrocats that have have made their... Moved moved him off the money. You know, they've, they've pushed him out. So he's not getting any... He's that far in line to the money that there's just too many people in front of him. So he starts... Topping them off one by one. Mm. And all these people are played, they're, they're Discoin clan, they're called, you know, they're all these different people. And they're all played by Alec Guinness. And it's just such a fantastic whole film, actually. But the, the plan, the the kick at the end and, and everything in between, it's, it's brilliant. It's one of those films I'm really pleased they haven't remade. At least um, I'm not aware that they've remade it. But you kind of get feeling that somebody will when you've yeah. got an actor who's got the ability of... Eddie Murphy, someone like that. Alec Guinness. <laughs> yeah, so... Well, so you, they, you, did, they did it with the Lady Killers. Yeah. Yeah. Which um, was, it was nice. dreadful. My, my friend Tom Hanks again. Yeah. Fucking he loser. He absolutely <laughs> ripped that apart. I and mean, it's it Coen Brothers as well. It's really strange. It was, it yeah. was, a, it was yeah, junk. they fucked it right up. Yeah. There's no other words for it. But Kind Heart Coronets, 1949. And yeah, it's, it's right up there in a brilliant, brilliant British film. Mm. I'm going to mention... A film now, and it's kind of hard to mention this without mentioning the the film that came after it. But I remember watching this. I don't know if I went with you, Dan. I certainly went with Howie and a couple of other guys when it first came out at the uh, Cine de France. And it, for me, it was a game changer. I'm not saying it was in, in, in cinema, but for me, I'd never really, before that moment, it wasn't a filmy growing up. I'd never really appreciated American versus British. For me, I watched a lot of British comedy. Dallas. That was a great film, but not British, unfortunately. But Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels, right? This, I loved every... I don't think I've ever been as excited and enthusiastic about a film coming out of a cinema as as I was at that point in time. Because for me, it it was just... It took all the things I liked about British TV dramas, comedy and stuff, which was was very different to like the big budget Mm. American Mm. stuff. And it was all about the dialogue, all about the, you know, the the plot, the storyline. And I'm sure there are plenty of things. It was, but there was also a lot visually going on. He was really inventive with the way he moved his camera and the way he edited it together and all that stuff. A lot of cool things that I didn't, yeah. I mean, I referenced it in one of the, you know, the long shot sequence Mm. where like the the guy gets up and walks out. Even the poker scene with the drum and bass and it in slow motion. The the soundtrack. Yeah. I'd never heard a soundtrack like it. There were were songs that I knew and loved. You know, it's got James Brown. It's got Stone Mm. Roses. It's got like, you know, it starts off with Ocean Colour scene. It's got, it was like, Cool music from loads of different British bands. Generations. It felt like he was like a British Tarantino, basically. Yeah, Here's exactly. somebody yeah, boiling yeah. up everything that's essential and, but about the British good thing culture. About Guy Ritchie, he does have his style. You know, I mean, you can tell a guy yep, Ritchie stayed film. in his you lane. Know, he's, he's, well, I don't know. I think that's just a style that he's got, and I think that he Aladdin? does it really well. And nobody else does it quite like him. Well, you know? the, the thing is, like for me, I, I, I watched this, and then. In recent years, an, an easier film to, to watch and enjoy because bigger budget, like better. I mean, Lockstock is is rough around the edges, right? Mm. With some of the some of the the people acting in it are not actors, and so you know, like Lenny McLean and Vinnie Jones, and there's even who's the bo- the Irish boxer? Christ, 
Steve, I've forgotten his name. He's one of the bouncers. I think Sol Campbell's on a door at one point. I don't oh, think he's Steve seen it. Oh, no, that's in Snatch, sorry. Is but it Steve Collins? Steve Collins. Steve Collins, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's got like characters, or it's got people that you, you sort of recognise from from other things. And that, that sort of drew me in as well, especially when I thought like, you know, grew up watching The Crazy Gang, Vinnie Jones is in a film, this is going to be mm. weird. And mm. actually... I watched this again yesterday. Bullet Tooth Tony is no, that no, name? that's in Snatch. He's, oh, just, right. he's just called Big Chris, and his son's called Little Chris. That's right, yeah. Um, but I, I, if someone would have asked me two days ago which was the better film, Lockstock, or which did I enjoy the most, Lockstock or Snatch, I'd have always said Snatch because I thought you know, like Brad Pitt's incredible, and yeah. there's a yeah. load of brilliant characters in, in Snatch. But actually, I think it, you wouldn't it's have had really Snatch good without Lockstock. Lockstock and it just wouldn't have happened. It was. It was for me in terms of, and I started like seeking out things similar to this from watching Lockstock. It had it had a really big impact yeah. at that point in my life, and it's still a brilliant film. The Third Man is a film that we've oh. talked about before. It's it's a not a strange one, but it's one that I had to study at school when I was doing media studies. But what still, a, what a great study! Yeah, this it was is. cool. But awesome even having world. to analyze it, you know, properly analytically analyze it and do all that sort of boring stuff, you still enjoy it because it's just such an incredible thing. It's got the famous zither soundtrack, which makes it stand out at the start. Anton Karras. It's a great film noir example, and it's got Orson Welles just being amazing. He's seriously bad dude in this but yeah. he's still got that charisma and you can't help but like him and he's it's that smile and the yeah the way he just brings people he's hiding along. in the you shadows can... there and he's yeah. he's just the cat wants to go and see him to give him away and then you have the great chase sequence at the end through the sewers it's it's really really tremendous well, it's, I... it's up there on the bfi it's it top. still rings true today you know because it's it's about power and and how you could at one point he's on the on the ferris wheel or something he's you know what would you do if those little dots stop moving you know they're people that he's just Just kind of squeezing with his fingers like and it's still you know politicians business and everyone you know people need to be you need to be wary about these kind of the the larger themes going through this film they're still true today you know i think that's why it's such a, a strong film brilliant yeah four weddings and a funeral nominated for best picture in 1994 <laughs> this was richard curtis obviously the the blackadder guy who wrote this and it's by turns sort of funny and charming and witting witty and and romantic uh, and it's got Great casting, Andy McDowell as the sort of unknowable American and Hugh Grant at his most. Hugh Grant. I hate him. (laughs) He's like accident prone. You don't don't like him. I I, I, I thought this was a brilliant film. I really enjoyed it. It's garbage. Absolutely. And and it's one of the first major (laughs) movies I can recall featuring a gay couple without any comment. They're just a gay couple in it. Yeah. And it's one of the saddest moments in the film is when uh, it's, it's Simon Callow and John Hanna, isn't it? And it's just yeah. a funeral. It's it's awful. Yeah, this was I watched this a fair amount when it came out. It was really funny. I haven't seen it for a long time. I suspect it still holds up. I haven't Probably seen not. any of the other Richard Curtis ones like Love Actually and all that. I've not seen any Dreadful. of them. But this <laughs> no, was really, this like was that a really well. good Maybe one. I'm just a bit more of an old romantic. Yeah, than, uh, I'm, I'm kind of not as, as aggressively as side, but I'm a little bit with side on on forwardings in your funeral and richard curtis i love blackadder absolutely Mm. love blackadder but i think more the ben elton side of of blackadder richard curtis obviously kept it all going but the films for me are a little bit they're a bit too twee but yeah yeah stuff and that (laughs) well 
How long is it to any chat about political pressure groups before someone mentions the People's Front of Judea? Oh, yeah. You know, you, you've you've got um, <laughs> Monty Python's Life of Brian. I think is needs to be in this conversation. Absolutely. For, for British films, it's so many one-liners, so many just scenes and jokes. Does anybody here not like it? No, I love it. Love it. Absolutely love it. it. It's it's a clean sweep. So if you haven't seen Monty Python's Life of Brian, do go and watch it. It still stands up today. It's not that long ago I watched it with with my boy and he laughs at, you know, 14. He's still, it it holds it. Funny is funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Monty Python are absolutely brilliant. Not every single one hits, but they don't care. They just go on to the next one. And it's a little bit like Airplane that we reviewed Mm. on a a previous midweek where they don't hang around on the jokes. They don't try and push them on too far. They just, there you go, that's it. Have that and we're on to the next one because we stopped thinking it was funny now. You know, they just go, go, go. And it's a brilliant film. There's loads of good stuff around the film as well. It was financed by George Harrison wasn't it because yeah, no one wanted, people, were scared, yeah. people were scared of it he, the subject matter. Well, he, he did it with another film I'll probably have to mention then quickly with Neil I mean that was the same production company Handmade Films I think that but that's it that's some duo isn't it if you're going to be involved in two films Life of Brian and there's, with- if you go on YouTube there's the I can't remember who the host the chat show host was but they have Michael Palin and John Cleese and then two members of the clergy different um, oh, wow. schools of thought and they are wow. I mean, they're just lambs to the slaughter. You know, they haven't got a clue of holding, you know, an argument with these two because they haven't seen it. They're just completely pick-headedly like, this is insulting. Yeah. And like, well, which bit specifically? You know? Yeah. And they just basically get made fools of. But like, you know, just they make fools of themselves. They're just, yeah. You know, these two guys. Because the whole premise of it is Brian was born next yeah. door to Jesus, wasn't <laughs> it? <And> like, <laughs> <laughs> next it, was, it was, I think it was bolder. This wasn't their first feature length, though. I think Holy Grail was before that, wasn't it? I don't know. I always forget. I think this is the funnier one, isn't it? This but was Holy 79. Five, five years brilliant. before Holy Grail was. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And, Ho- I think, and Holy Grail's got some amazing stuff, but because it wasn't around something quite as... Not controversial. Like I think the well, part would have of been the controversy... Been religion. Yeah. They, it was they, they followed a story and, and taken it you know, somewhere else, and, and it's, it's an absolute hit. Holy Grail's got some absolutely brilliant moments in it it's not mm. as consistent oh i love Holy Grail. it is fucking it is so so brilliant and that was going to be another one on my list meaning a life less so there's still some bits and pieces in there as well there's some like memorable stuff but it, it wasn't as while i was watching a few bits i also caught john cleese doing graham chapman's eulogy oh yeah it's yeah, amazing yeah. You can't watch that. it's so funny yeah it's just he just swears and shows really really uh, funny. is there if you've got any other python related films yeah i've got um, one terry gilliam yeah is, yeah I've, well i've got brazil yeah right. i've not seen this no i've not oh, seen mate. it i watched it, I, well i was it, looking through it's another it's, one where the story of the film is almost like yeah it more captivating than the film the film's really weird yeah it's quite hard to follow it's hard to follow it's a sci-fi it's, it's a sort of it's his take on 1984 basically yeah. right. it's like it's you know jonathan price the guy yeah, 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 in uh, game yeah. of thrones the he gr- plays sam lowry in a part that was once considered by tom cruise i yeah. read today which would have been fucking mental he's a low-level government employee who discovers a fly became jammed in a printer which eventually ends up in a in the wrong man being arrested and killed accidentally it's like it's got it's grimly comic and uh, it's got those amazing practical steampunk sets that that terry gilliam does the but studio were less than thrilled yeah with the end product so it was one of these like blade runner they got a real hatchet job cut and then 
Gilliam did this huge campaign for years and years mm. and years and years to get his and he is very exacting like there's a documentary well, the, about 12 the monkeys the thing is I don't think they realised that maybe the production company what they were getting with Terry Gilliam maybe he didn't have the tools at, at disposal or, or the trust of the, the production but what a director this guy is yeah, I mean, amazing. I mean he, he's an ab- you look at some of the stuff he's done he's mm. just what you can't believe he was in Monty Python and then he's gone undone all this stuff as this well. This one did have I quite mean, a big talent- budget though, I think. It did, yeah. So they were like, yeah, no so one's going to come and watch this. It's fucking rubbish. But what they get there, you know, it's it's one of those things, I think, with when you've got somebody who's you know, bordering on genius when it comes to making films, and you go, well, we've committed to do it. Let him do it. You know, Yeah, but he's completely, I mean... It, He's obsessive. He's, about. he's obsessive, and he can be get completely out of control. That he was trying to make a Don Quixote movie for yeah. like thirty years, and he spent an absolute fortune on it and never really done anything. I think he's quite a difficult person to Money's work with. But... Money. Well, Holy Grail was a trouble production because it was Terry Gilliam and Terry Jones were the two directors, and they just they don't get on. They do couldn't they? get it. No, right. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, they still squeezed out an absolute bloody masterpiece here. It's it's still one of the the funniest, funniest films. Yeah. 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 Yeah, great choice. So keeping on the on the comedy theme, a Matt like a, a real big like it's a gem for me and it's it was a big surprise, Shaun of the Dead. I tell you what, absolutely right, but the other thing that that strikes me is how many of these films are actually funny. You mm-hmm. know, we, we talk about how many films won the Oscars. I think we mentioned it in a previous pod that have been comedic films. Not that many. No. But how many British films are we talking about mm-hmm. now that we do funny well. The British, I think, yeah, you know, have some. Absolute I, I think. I think in in general, this, this is going to be massively sort of sweeping. But like my my feeling is is that sort of you know in in America they don't you know if there's an underdog they want the underdog to like win the day. If there's a if there's a hero they want him to win. They don't like films that is my the sentiment that I get that where people are fallible. Like you know even their their comedies well, like the Brits comedies like to sit- see people cut down don't they a little tall bit. poppy and, syndrome they, they call they, it they don't, they? don't mind fallibility whatsoever in fact it's part it's inherently part of it like humans are fallible mm. you know you look at things like like friends an example they're all like good looking people and and you know like i said yeah exactly right but you know the comedy like it doesn't really matter what the people look like it doesn't matter that you know they don't win you can have like you know, perennial losers, and it still be funny. This, this in itself, Shaun of the Dead is is just. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I've I've seen plenty of zombie films, but I've not seen anywhere it's kind of like, you know, may, maybe the, I hadn't seen any before Shaun of the Dead that had kind of like not lampooned it, but but sort of like taken the really sort of like comedic angle on on how like normal people well, might th- find themselves in this situation. Yeah. You know, like the guy from the guy from across the road in the shop, the like, you know, like the the mum, the nan, you know, the the guy, the fact that there's this like zombie apocalypse going on, and and he's Sean still having like a really bitchy kind of like fallout with with this this other fella who fancies his his expert, I think it is, but yeah, the Irish um, character yeah. like clearly got the hots for her and stuff. It's like normal like relationships and emotions and stuff in this like you know, a completely like out there concept, but almost like believable. Like, I we we should sense. just grab Nick, Nick Frost and Simon Pegg and just say, well, these are two of the finest actors of their generation. Brilliant. I think yeah. um, certainly from, from a British perspective, I, I think they've done absolute wonders for, 
for the scene and and that's laid down there i mean there's a few other gems that they've done as well yeah. shawn of the dead I is my favorite yeah the cornetto trilogy yeah. i hadn't seen spaced when i'd seen this right okay. right so yeah. the, the basically the whole gang was like completely new to me so i was a bit like oh, can't be bothered to watch that another zombie film but then when you see it like and i just love the scene after the sort of zombie where he's just sort of shuffling, shuffling down the road along to work, the streets yeah and, you know he's a zombie you know the oh, it's, it's, it's hilarious it's, it's that yeah. thing of like there's something huge happening elsewhere but it's kind of low key yeah. where he is so it's just like the, the guy who runs the huge, like strolling through <laughs> not noticing the fact yeah. that the, everything's, and, and, everything's fucked, fucked around and, and, and the guy who zombies. runs the news agent is just sort of shuffling backwards and forwards him and he just, kind <laughs> he just of leaves the money, money on the yeah. counter and it's, yeah. I love that it's really good yeah, yeah. I mean in, in terms of Cornetto trilogy Hot Fuzz is a good film as well I do oh, like Hot Fuzz it. it is a good it is a good film unfortunately, unfortunately it's got Timothy Dalton in it but but the the world's ends it's oh. only okay it isn't a, it it was a miss best. for me they basically tried crap. they tried redoing really Shaun of the Dead uh, I really there's liked bits it. in it there's definitely bits in it there, there's they funny the pub crawl when they go yeah there, there, yeah. There's, there is some funny stuff in it, it but it is it, it's basically like a poor a poor man's Shaun of the Dead really albeit with alien-y robot type things as opposed to zombies. Side. Hello. Okay, well, you have to let me know if we can have this one or not. The director's American, the money's American, and all the cast are American, mostly. <laughs> Sounds um, British. But it was shot in Britain, and all the expertise is British. 2001 Space Odyssey. Oh, uh, yeah, take it, because I want yeah. a Kubrick film in as well. Yeah. So. He was basically an honorary Brit anyway. So he moved and lived in, in the UK, London, I assume. The, yeah, what, what can we say? It's an absolute like tour de force. Yeah. It's slow and considered, but I really like that. You get all these incredible incredible shots and then you get the monolith you can tell that he used to be a stills photographer because the way it's yeah you know he does all that um symmetry and stuff in his shots but this is long lingering just landscape shots and the lighting as well gradually progresses till you get the super iconic bit of the bone going up in the air turning it which is done brilliantly in the simpsons as well it's it's weird it's trippy and it's thought provoking it's thought provoking and the end is super super fucking weird yeah and you get one of cinema's great villains in Hal you know that is really iconic right ahead of its time again Mm. you know Mm. I mean what computers taking over can I just add one more Kubrick one in there while you've got it where do you mean go on just uh, Doctor Strange Love or How I Learned Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb is one of my favourite movies (laughs) of all time um (laughs) Kubrick, it's got to be in there. Sorry, sure. you, that's that's a great that's a great film as well. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've we've just set up a project office at work, and I call it the War Room. Yeah, and any time anyone no gets here, so well, there's no fighting in the War Room. Exactly. Yeah. Peter, 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 Peter Sellers just yeah, yeah. fighting his arm each <laughs> each time. I didn't want to steal your thunder there. Though, no, so. no, that's cool. The, the, well, there's been lots of lots of really good films here that you've mentioned. I've had on my list, so you, you've got one to mention before. I me. Ha- well, only only Ben Wheatley is a, a director I really like, a British director, and he did a movie called kill list and it's a very difficult film to describe because it's a real genre smashing movie it's sometimes a family drama sometimes a crime drama and then sometimes it's a horror movie and it stars neil maskell and the irish actor michael smiley who you would know if you saw a picture of him they're former soldiers turned hitmen and they're hired for a new job to take out three people the priest the librarian and the mp and then to say much more leans like really heavily into spoiler territory and it's definitely best left unspoiled it's not a movie for everyone 
Why I love it, it's really well acted. Neil Maskell is brilliant as a as a soldier who's suffering from post-traumatic stress and prone to extremely violent outbursts. That will give you a clue as to why it might not be for everyone. There's a less is more approach to plotting, which means that there are probably loads of different interpretations you could have about what happens. And then the, the, the ending is is just ridiculous and probably a lot of people will watch it and think, I hated that, but at least it gets you thinking. I really like Ben Wheatley. He did Free Fire, which was a, a movie set entirely in a warehouse where uh, it's a gunfight in a warehouse for 90 minutes, basically. High concept stuff. And he did another one, High Rise, I think it's called. Okay. He's, he's a director I really like. And uh, if you're listening, Ben, come on the pod and talk to us because I love mm. your stuff. Wow, well, it sounds intriguing uh, enough. And one that I wanted to mention, a guy who has been on the pod, uh, mm. Mark Jenkin. But yeah. Mark Kermode said this was one of the finest British films of the, the decade. And I, I must agree with him. I, I thought this was just one of those absolute treats as it was when we actually got to speak to um, Mark about it. This is a film set in Devon, kind of Cornwall fishing village where gentrification has, has taken over and the various problems of of both those that are coming in to, to enjoy this beautiful place for the summer and those that live there all through the year face. The way that this was shot, the way that um, it was filmed, the storyline, the characters, it captured and captivated my attention all the way through yeah it's it's right right up there it's i think if uh, you can watch it now i think on on uh four it'll be on all four i think because it was on yeah. it was on film four and well well worth it cool couple of couple more british films music based ones one is a is a mockumentary uh 24 hour party people uh, which is i only saw this a fortnight ago for the first time. I no, only, really? I've only watched it recently as well. Yeah. Danny Dyer is... Um... No. No, no, no. No, no, no. well, that, that was going to be another one I was going to mention, but yeah, 24-hour party people is... It's basically the, the story... Steve Coogan is... It's right, the, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. A story of... Um, well, Island Ma- Records, Manchester. Yeah. Well, it's specifically Tony Wilson and Factory Records, and it's got, it, it's got some of the... I knew some of the stories about, you know, how they fucking appallingly they ran that, that record label... But the <laughs> the twelve inch of the new order, was it Blue Monday? Yeah, they were yeah. losing a fiver for everyone they sold. It, uh, and then there was the one yeah. about the boardroom table. Yeah, um, it's yeah, Paddy Considine, yeah. the one that goes fucking mad. <laughs> they're about to go bankrupt. He spent about forty grand on a boardroom table. It's it's a fun, like the guy who plays Sean Ryder is amazing. Yeah, it's it's amazing how it and it, it I, I like the way it sort of. It, I mean, I, I was—I'd be too young for Joy Division, although I've gone back and enjoyed it since. But then, sort of Happy Mondays and yeah. and like you know Stone Roses, the Manchester movement, and then moving into that like the birth of rave and Hacienda is is like mm. iconic in in yeah. the British music scene. But I didn't realise that it, it never made any money because no, no. because of it, it was based on drug culture, so mm. nobody bought any drinks other than bottles of water. It, all the people making money out of it were the drug dealers. It was uh, yeah, the bouncers and the yeah and the, and the bouncers and so on. But it's it's a it's a funny, very very funny take of like a true story. I mean, yeah. most of it, what happens well, in there, it's pretty much an autobiography of Tony Wilson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it, interesting, you you mentioned the New Order though, because Control was on my mm, list as well. I don't know if yeah. you had that. Right. Good what one. what it twenty four hour party people kind of like moved into then the like the era that then th- this film I I always recommend it to to people anybody who's like sort of early twenties and says to me 
you know what, what you know what was it like in the 90s I was like watch human traffic just go and watch human traffic that's basically what life was like you like you know you what did you do you worked to live it was all about earning the pennies so that as soon as Friday arrived you down the booze uh, may have been some recreational drugs involved Friday night Saturday night talking absolute mints with people you don't even know You'd make some unbelievable friendships, and then you couldn't even look them in the eye come Wednesday when you pass them in the street, and so on. This is it's a funny film, mm. and it, it it introduced like a few. It, it was Danny, Danny Dyer's first film, which is uh, he's quite his character in it is brilliant. Moth, mm. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice one, brother. But <laughs> he really well. hates, he really hates Peter Andre in it, though. Uh, that's fine. That's fine because uh, I'm not actually the real Peter Andre. <laughs> Very quickly on music, I watched a film not that long ago, which I was desperate to see called Beats. Which is, it's really, oh, really like, I love, have really you like seen it? it? Yeah. It's got, the only sort of famous person in it is the girl, the lady, Scottish actress who plays Lydia in Breaking Bad. So she's in it, but it's about basically two Scottish yeah. guys. It was when they banned, Having they basically banned raves in Scotland, but yeah. it was specifically about any any gathering that played music that was over a certain number of beats per minute. That, that's how they brought it in. Yeah. <laughs> so these lads are, are like, it's like a coming of age story. The, the main actor plays Rent Boy in the stage production of Trainspotting. He's a brilliant actor, but this film's really fucking cool. Again, it was like Birth of Rave, my my sort yeah. of scene, my sort of music, and it's them trying to get a rave. They've never been to one, and this might be the last, so they're going to make it like absolutely, you know. Yeah, what, what, worth, one, worth one of the lads doesn't really want to go the other one. It's yeah. all he's got in life, you know, So, it, it, and they stick together. It's good. I'd recommend it. Good movie. Cool. I'm going to rattle through a few because we've been yeah. going on forever. Seems a bit of a crime because some of these need more chat dr no was the sort of first bond film which would have been quite shocking i think and certainly more racy and As exciting than people were used to at the time um a clockwork orange again is another cubic one so yeah we've, we've done all right with cubic ones tonight it's got so many famous scenes but it really asks a kind of ethical question about you know what are we going to do with people who are... What's the correct treatment for? Del Boy. Yeah, basically. Wicker Man, which always uh, makes me think of Midsummer. Yeah. 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 Britt Eklund brought into... And Nick Cage in the remake. The bees! The bees! Oh, no. And then... Nick Cage in a remake. It's just alarm bells are fucking ringing, aren't they? Whenever you hear that. Did you ever see a film called If? No. Boarding school, kind of. It's another it's quite good. violent. They no, they <laughs> they had they basically take over the school, the the kids there, and kill off all the teachers and stuff. Ooh. Uh, and then Kez, yeah. right? Yeah, it's okay. the best movie about Kestrel. Ken Loach thing. Yeah, it's yeah. super bleak. It, yeah, mm. I can't hear that without thinking of Bo Selector. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. He's ruined it. Well, it needed some laughs attached to it because it's. I don't know. Have you ever seen it, Pete? No, I but think I, I, I think there's. The, I've seen the, like the the poster or whatever. Like the strap line is really, really, like. It's, it's he like about he has he's like beaten difficult. And, yeah, he's beaten. He's bullied by people and his brother, and then eventually he obviously has this Kestrel that is yeah. his like friend, um, and then he doesn't do something for his brother. Was he have to put a bet on for him? And so his brother just kills it. Yeah. It's fucking grim. He fucks it to death. (laughs) (laughs) I know, it's awful. What else have you got? I've got a few that I'll rattle through quickly. The only talented member of the Bowie family, Duncan Jones, directed (laughs) Moon, uh, which was a terrific movie. And I just wanted to get that little thing in there. A Man on Wire. Has anybody seen that documentary about Petit? No, 
British director That's claiming um, it. <laughs> Philip Petit's nineteen seventy four high wire walk between the Twin Tower buildings, one thousand four hundred feet up. Can do that now. It, I have seen it, this. It's a great yeah. movie. It, it's sort of set up like a heist movie, basically, yeah. because they're showing you how they plan to do it, yeah. and it's obviously illegal. It's 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 mixing real footage with reconstructions. It's a terrific, terrific movie. Watch that one. A couple more that I really wanted to mention: American Werewolf in London. You've got the legendary transformation scene with Rick Baker and murderer John Landis wasn't it didn't he murder people in the Twilight Zone movie the helicopter there's a couple there's so many here Hellbound Hellraiser 2 is an interesting one directed by and written by Clive Barker it was exclusively envisaged as a British film but after the studio viewed a rough cut they were impressed enough to say the you know they wanted to transfer the setting from Britain to America to increase its commercial uh, potential and it that required dubbing over the British voices with American voices and editing all references that like definitively establish location but there's still British rail in it and Clive Barker is probably Britain's most eminent horror writer and his stuff is full of violence and oddly sexualized like disgusting mm. imagery he, he obviously does pinhead the Chern- the Chernobytes and all that oh, stuff right. I'm sure you've yeah, seen yeah, yeah. Well, it's a really good give me fucking sequel as a kid. one well, last one sorry and then I will yeah. shut up is Scum anybody seen that yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of Ray Winston Ray yeah. Winston is Carmen and it's you know it's about just this savage indictment of the Borstal system I'm basically now well, uh, the the iconic most Ray Winston part of all is when he ha- he sets up a fight and the sort of the guards turn away and look away. With the snooker. The, yeah, where's the your tool? Pool. Which tool? This fucking tool! And he smacks him in the face with a sock full of snooker balls. Yeah. It's really and then awful. Them back awful. on the table and they carry mm. on playing, don't they? Yeah. yeah, it is. I tell you another particularly we we do comedy well. I think the British we do grim well yeah. as well. Nil by mouth, oh. Gary oh. Oldman. Right, so if ever you've seen this film, you will understand that audible groan that just came up. Not because this film is bad. In fact, it's fucking brilliant. Mm. But it's a tough watch because it is... Domestic violence. It's domestic violence, alcohol access, drug addiction, petty criminality, macho violence. And this was Oldman's proximity to this behaviour when he was was young. You know, I mean, he's an actor that's seen shit and, Mm. and... and been on the the edges of, of all this. Well, a lot of his um, early was, stuff as well. It was you know a lot of violence. He's in a film called The Firm, which is not, oh, the not firm. Yeah, 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 you know, like yeah. the football hooligans yeah. one. Shadwell. Yeah, which is yeah. pretty violent as well. Yeah, I mean that's it. There, there. Um, our, our friend of the pod, Jamie B. Chambers, he would have been interested in in such a film as well. I'm, I'm sure. Kathy Burke won a Cannes Prize and. And Ray Winston kick-started his career, this film, mm. with uh, with Gary Oldman as well. And it was his first uh, film, it was his de- was directorial debut. I don't know if he's done more since then, but this was a film that I remember, you know, f- from... I don't remember enjoying watching it, mm. as far, but not because it was a bad film, just because it was such a, a heavy subject. You mm. s- found yourself with these this wonderful cast, wonderful director, mm. and you're watching this guy beat the living shit out of Kathy Burke so you can't even recognise her and you just think fucking hell it was it was really you know really tough tough watch but worth doing 
Under the Skin, Jonathan Glazer. Oh, and yeah, of course. That's got to be mentioned as well. You know, And you can this, listen to our review of that. You can, you can. Adam Pearson is uh, kindly gave us a, an interview. The, the TV around British as well, we haven't really covered on this, but I think it's probably worth as, as dipping into some of the, the series that have come from, from these aisles. Uh, Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy was one of them with, with Alec Guinness, which if you haven't seen, it's honestly the best thing you'll see this year. So check it out. It's fucking brilliant. It's a BBC series of about of, of books, but they haven't put it through as they did in the Gary Oldman film, which was decent in about an hour and a half, two hours. They gave this the, the episode. Full and, treatment. Yeah, that mm. it deserved. In the Loop and The oh. Killing Fields. As well, which is uh, a film I didn't even know was British. Actually, The Death of Stalin is on uh, Netflix at the oh, moment, and that's yeah. another one I didn't even think of that. That's brilliant. Amando it's really funny. Yeah. I've still got loads. I'm not going to mention them all. I think it's a good... It, we can't what talk about... What a great topic this was. And we so can't many talk good about movies. British films without talking about our favourites, the Harry Potter franchise. These yeah. are Brit- obviously... I, I mean, these are, these are yeah. like national institutions now of, of British cinema, Boring. albeit... What? That they've they've been you know adapted to like no, a, a, they a Hollywood scale and, and level and so on, but yeah, like the idea, the concept, and they're 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 fantastic films. And I do want to also give a shout out to Borat just because it's funny as fuck. We should also mention a matter of life and death because we never have any Powell and Pressburger on here. That's mm. classic. Right then, what a lot of good movies. That's a lot to whittle down. Pete, mm. you start us off. I'm going to go with Big Larry of Arabia. Nice. It's it's a belter. It's tough, isn't it? It is very tough. I'm going to go for Dead Man's Shoes, actually. Nice. Train yeah. spotting. And it's bait for me. Brilliant. Right. This is a great British movie in some way. Well, it is British in the sense that it won outstanding, outstanding British film at the BAFTAs. Yeah. Yep. And the writer and, and director is British. It's got a cool name. Yeah. yeah. I've forgotten it already. Emerald Fennel. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. She's in the film, actually. And the the main actress, who's, again, you guys. Carrie Mulligan. Her. She's English. Mm. It but, won uh, Best Original Screenplay. At the Oscars. Well, at the yeah. Scores. It did, indeed. Yeah. It's Promising Young Woman. It is, yeah. The, the inspiration for this was that it was a film that I'd heard some stuff about i'd heard conflicting opinions on it before i'd ever really sort of known anything about it and obviously it's quite new and current and i don't think any of us had seen it prior to nope no prior i had i week. should say that i had had the ending spoiled yeah and we will have to talk about that ending so this yeah. will be spoilerific so if you want to watch the film unsullied Let's, Go watch it and come back. Yeah. Let's crack on through the plot so we can talk about things because there are many interesting things to talk about in this mm. movie, I think. As it kicks off, a woman at a bar, incredibly drunk, falling over in her seat, barely able to keep her head up, and she's noticed by three kind of just Joe Average guys in the bar. Well, it's Chat. just typical bro dudes, aren't they? The bro bar. dudes, yeah. yeah, sort of. 
They're and, sort of young, affluent professionals in suits looking to pick up women in bars. Yeah. Um, there's Adam, a bit of, Adam Brody, isn't there's it, a bit of meta casting here, they're, isn't they're there? Not, they're, not, they're not painted out as being super big arseholes either. In fact, they're having a conversation and they're, they're having a little bit like, oh, you look how drunk she is or whatever. One of them might say something bad, but another guy kind of said, oh, you know, wait a minute, that's... That's a bit too much. Yeah. And he he wants to go over and speak to her with the best intentions because he doesn't want her to go home with I don't know. That I, I wasn't convinced he ever had. No. So so potentially he didn't and he, he goes home to to convince her that look, go home with me because I'll get you home nice and safe. You don't know who's She's who's lost around. her phone. Yeah. She's lost her phone. She's incredibly drunk. And it's clear... Um, he gets uh, her in a taxi, doesn't he? Gets he gets her in a, a taxi, introduces himself, it gets her in a taxi. And on the way, she kind of starts sobering up a little bit to a bit of brief conversation. Maybe she's feeling a little bit better. And he would suggest maybe they go to his apartment. Oh, well, yeah, she seems... She appears a bit more lucid mm. in the taxi, albeit she's got the window down and she's talking about yeah. whether she's going to be sick or not. But I think he says... Look, my, my place is on the on way. On the way. Why don't we just go back to It says, why don't we come for a drink? Honestly, does she need another drink at no. this point? So, I mean, it's pretty uh, obvious straight away. Absolutely what's... not. He he started to think, oh, actually, I'm in the car with a pretty hot chick and my apartment's on the way. Maybe I could have... Well, he brings her up and he, Suddenly, he serves her this kumquat liqueur. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And, does... and noticeably pours her a massive, massive measure, measure and yeah. himself just a, a tiny measure. And yeah. who and the fuck has come to what liqueur? Despite yeah. her being barely conscious, he starts to kiss her mm. and then moves to the bed. And that's it's really when he realizes not only is she not drunk, but he is not a nice guy. Well, <laughs> it's he's rapey. Yeah, really, really and... rapey. He's going down on her effectively, or he's about to. He's, you see her legs. Sec- you, know, you see it from her sort of crazy. POV shot, and her legs are as you'd imagine, and the knickers come down, mm. and then she says, still in her drunk voice, "What are you doing?" And, and then, and then the eyes like properly open, and she says it clear as day, and then you you get in on the she's she feigns drunkenness in clubs this is obviously a pattern of things she does she feigns drunkenness she attracts predatory men uh, and then she reveals her sobriety to them and then the camera kind well but we were just cut we We didn't know we We didn't know at this stage if she's slicing them to piece like you know with a chainsaw she brings out a handbag or or what the fuck is happening don't know if she's coming out with a gun but she has a notebook so my missus went out of the room yeah. and she came back in and I said, she just had a notebook and if she's killing these people, she's done a fucking load of them because they're fucking well, loads there's, of well, There's black marks and then there's red marks. But the next scene, yeah, as it goes to it, she's eating something. Well, you don't realise you see her leg first and it's, and got, it's got red, red stuff yeah. on it. And it's you're got like, red liquid on her leg, which mm. th- you're... you're Supposed to assume is is his blood, yeah. and then it it sort of like well, she gets wolf whistled, and you can see she's eating like a hot dog or a something with, or with something ketchup like on it. She's doing the yeah, in inverted commas walk of shame, as yeah. some people would call it. And like you say, she gets wolf whistled, but she just fucking she stares, stares them, down. them down. Three yeah. kind of big construction yeah. worker guys who who don't take kindly and scream abuse at her. Yeah, um, there, there's a lot of dark humor in this film. Yeah, I, yes. I think that's you know one of those. If you don't really enjoy that kind of very dark humour, then you might not enjoy this film. Well, Um, the movies let you know that it's going to talk about sensitive issues and it's not going to pull any punches in what it's going to show or talk about. 
I think, in yeah. in these opening moments. And and I think early on, it, you don't know what happened. And as the 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 storyline progresses, yeah. You, first, you, I thought something know. had happened to her. Right. Okay. Well, I, because they talk I about she's dropped film... out of school. She was at medical college. She's yeah. dropped out. She's still living at home, even though she looks right a good age to be out of the house by now. Parents are trying to sort so of push many, her out. So many weird kind of scenarios that she's yeah. She so at a... first, I thought it was her, but then you do. There's a glimpse to the photo. Yes. On the dresser, and then later on, you see obviously the necklace, but mm-hmm. it's never. Well, at least at this point, it's never explicitly yeah. stated what, it's what's not going explained, on. But there's this kind of feeling from the beginning that makes you uncomfortable. It's trying to disorientate you a little bit. It's trying mm. to make you think of all the kind of things you might think this girl could be doing to, to guys who have been, mm. you know, effectively assaulting her. What What's her reaction to that? Why is she keep Well, doing what's it her motivation? And what's well? her motivation? And, and, and that's all cleverly well, yeah. revealed and it's intertwined with the story of her former classmate, Ryan, who bumps into her in the coffee shop. He yeah. seems like a nice guy. It's not an actor I knew. Bo Burnham, I think, is the dude's yeah. name. It's not somebody I know, but he seems quite likeable. He's a paediatrician. He's a doctor. I mean, he's, he's a good guy. She he's, serves him um, a coffee that yeah. she's spat into. And right, then he yeah. drinks it. So this is the bit that I guessed. No, it's not. Oh, okay, right. Okay. <laughs> okay. And we won't go into that then. But- uh, so so they her story of, of why <laughs> she, the traumatic incident... <laughs> that yeah. is is part of this it is revealed through her dalliance with this guy ryan and and it goes quite sweet at this point when they fall in love i it's... actually said to the missus i said oh please don't let him be a rapist yeah and and it, and it doesn't seem like a rapist she's obviously had this trauma she is in a, a sort of I think we, we could call it self-destructive sort of behaviours. Self-destructive kind and of revenge finally, pattern, I was really rooting for her, you know, because the performance is great and I really wanted her to have that. But, you know, films being films, you know, it, it's probably not going to play out necessarily the way you want it to. At, at first, I, I the first conclusion I jumped to was that the, the, the picture, this Nina that, that is referred yeah. to, I thought that it might have been a sister. And the reason I thought that is because she's, the thing is, she says she's thirty in it. Mm. Like she seemed older than that to me in in the film, and I and and she lives with her parents. And she like to look at her, you wouldn't immediately assume that this is a girl that still lives with her parents. But then you find out kind of why yeah. she's dropped out of school and she's out of medical college, and she's you know she she's basically got one real like calling in life, which is to you know it's revenge really. Yeah. And and so I'd assume that this is something that had happened to the family because the 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 family. Dynamics seem quite odd, and well, the parents were worried. About her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, and they, it's Clancy Brown so, and yeah. Jennifer Coolidge. Is that her actress yeah. name? Uh, Clancy were, Brown from really Shawshank yeah. and, and uh, Lady uh, Stifler's mum. Yeah, the um, oh, it's Stifler's mum, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I only yeah. thought They're that very right good. At the very end. Stifler's yeah. mum and Biff, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, not Biff. No, it was the Clancy prison Brown. warden from Shawshank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so he, well, um, it turns out basically that years before her classmate Nina, who was her best friend, was drunkenly she was date raped by a group of guys by a group of guys, and it was filmed. I, th- I think we should, with the film was actually revealed later, much later on yeah. down the plot. Did she die as well? She killed herself. I think she, she killed, killed herself. herself. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I think a quite a very sort of thought-provoking part of the film this is a very thought-provoking film mm. like an almost like all level like the you know the opening scene it's, it's meant to challenge you and i mean 
th- this this film is I think is meant to it's designed to challenge everybody's perception of what is okay and what isn't okay in and around these kinds of interactions like these sorts of things have happened and do happen like not necessarily to us but you know it's you're sort of aware of stories like this and nothing's off limits in the way that they discuss the issues as well everything from she was asking for it by what she's wearing is is under discussion versus i I think i mean maybe this is a huge sweeping generalization but why not make it? Is this an American thing as far as it, the college party and, and that? No, I wouldn't film? have thought so. No, I think there's, yeah. there's, there's Anywhere that anyone gets drunk. Element, there's going to be elements of that. There's going to be like nods towards that kind of, you know, well, like the been, frat party type well, stuff. Well, this is what everything. I was but thinking. The, the, actual, the title comes from a court case of a guy who raped someone on campus, I think. Mm-hmm. Right. And they basically were super fucking lenient with him. And I, th- I think they basically let him off and said he was a promising young man. 20 That's, minutes of a mistake and yeah. don't ruin He was going to ruin life. his swimming I career mean, or something like that. Right. So, yeah, there was yeah. a few high-profile so ones in America. That's where the title of the film yeah. comes from, uh, right. for playing okay. on that. I, th- I think an interesting part, and I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but the fact that the video of the, 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 like the rape from many years before... Is, is seen by the characters, but is never seen mm. by us. Mm. We have to sort of digit, and again, it's 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 all about uh, you know spin perception. You know, it's it's going to be. It would have been argued in court. There were lawyers involved. It did get to some kind of case, albeit I think it was thrown out mm. before anything came about. So. You have to make your own. Sort well, it was of squashed by the university. Yeah, that, that was the problem, really. It, it went, and that does tie in because she goes to visit the dean of the university, <laughs> kidnapped her daughter. Yeah, before yeah. doing I, this I, kind I loved of- her revenge things. I mean, as as you know, all of us fathers to daughters, then you know, you, part of you obviously thinks about girls getting older and mm. and you know, horrible fucking men coming well, that's within a hundred miles of them so you, you think oh you know the, these films so when she was going back and getting her revenge i was really fucking you know i know totally, it was totally with her it, on well, it, it was but it was crazy as well because what she was doing was was pretty fucking nuts you know as far as the 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 revenge that she was well, taking it's, on it's explained but it you know it because at first we don't like we said we don't know if she's killed this person at yeah. first, and it, we're sort of no. led to believe that she has. But then yeah. we get the next scene where she does it to um, McLovin, McLovin's yeah. yeah, class, yeah, yeah. and he says this bullshit. Oh, I'm a nice guy, and she's like, "Well, you had your oh, fingers yeah. inside me a few minutes ago, and ready to, you know, yeah. and yeah. you couldn't. You were forcing me to stay, and now you want me to leave. You know, he it's, says it's, something like, "Oh, you're that crazy bitch that." It's, so there's obviously yeah. rumors going yeah. around of this woman doing this sort of stuff. Yeah, um, and another one. Who Scott says and she's going to cut the yeah. fucking balls off. Yeah. You know the marks in the book. So she's she's jotting down in her yeah. notebook the 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 encounters that she's had, and there's got to be fifty or sixty, and she's yeah. writing the names down. Yeah. There's red marks in there. That was another thing that maybe led you to believe are those the ones she's killed, and right. yeah, you know, but it wasn't. Those it, were the ones where exactly, she got this, beaten this up. Suggested the yeah. suggested sort of like threats, especially of like the unknown, the bits you don't see of what what happened. So initially, again in the dean's office with the daughter i'm believing what she's saying that that this she's basically just taken a young girl along to meet her heroes and now they're at a drunken party mm. and this girl is now in that situation well because she picks her it's like a real inversion yeah, yeah. of the of the thing because she goes in her shitty car and and 
pulls in the daughter who's 13, 14 yeah. years old into yeah. the car. It's like a version of the dirty old man doing it. But, yeah. And so she kidnaps her and then she tells the dean, oh yeah, I've sent your daughter off to this party to, to go and get drunk. And, and, obviously, and I'm sure they'll be fine and put her in a similar situation, situation that she yeah. was so conveniently forgot it's, about her friend. It's very cleverly done. There's clearly, there, there is a message behind that. I mean, it's, it's, it's sort of topical, in the sense that oh, well, you know, the, you know, for, all around for the meaty, to uh, meaty, <laughs> meaty, the extraterrestrial. Can I have some tea? <laughs> the meaty movement. The meaty movement. Yeah, you know, yeah, anti meat. You know, no, the the me too movement. You know, it, it's it's. <coughs> It's a film, and, that, and that I think it, highlights it's topical some in Jersey. Only a, a year or so ago, they, yep. they looked at, at consent and the ability to give consent whilst under the influence. Mm. So even whilst if if you're drunk and you say yes, that can still actually mean yes, no. It can still be no because yeah. you may not have had the yeah the, yeah the cognitive yeah ability. Uh, she didn't send the daughter off to be gang red. No. She's not that kind of monster. And, but, but, but what she, she did do is she did set up with the lawyer earlier yes so she meets madison mcphee which is a terrific name for a character alison Bree's character oh, yeah, and alison yeah, yeah. Bree, her character madison knew she was also at school with them they go out for this lunch she plies her with alcohol there's a lot of things discussed but and then it it looks like she's being set up to be raped basically as as cassie walks out of the restaurant she hands some money to a guy at the bar and yeah, says take and her to hotel uh, take her to room 25 yeah. or something it's really uncomfortable shit and then now you've got periodically madison coming back into the movie to say she's dropping phone calls at first saying yeah. oh, did anything weird happen she has 19 missed calls at one point yeah. she's just letting her yeah. sweat it's getting increasingly desperate until they have this kind of showdown and eventually she reveals that no I didn't send that guy to rape you, but it, it could have been. So, I mean, it's really dark black it, it stuff. It is. And, and, and all it is, again, it's like, it's the interpretation and the power of suggestion. Obviously, she wasn't, you know, right. But she's putting these people who she felt failed her friend through the kinds of sent, like feelings, uncomfortableness that, you know, on, on even like a minor level compared to, you know, what a friend had and, gone and, through. And at that one point where she brought in, she went to the lawyer yeah. who had defended the, Al, Al at, at the time. And he was, he just kind of fell he on his sword. He was immediately remorseful. Molina, brilliant. He, knew, he, was exactly, he remembered the case. Yeah. He remembered the name. And well, he, he's, he's been clearly carrying this around yeah, his entire yeah. but, life. His but career. who was waiting in when she got back? You know, it's just about the, the thought process of, did she do something bad or didn't she? Cause she, she had a guy there who said, Oh, I'm still getting paid though. Aren't yeah. I? Cause he was going to go and beat the shit out of him. If yep. not worse, if this guy hadn't of, then been completely remorseful. Yeah. So it did lead me to think, did all those guys get away with it? Did she have that guy waiting? You know, it's the first time she met him, th this guy who was I, 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 don't, I think it would have undermined her whole purpose and point of doing this if there had been like physical violence or anything like that. It was all, it was psychological. Mm. It was a psychological attack if, if or revenge yeah, yeah, on, yeah, yeah. on all of the people that she believed had, had failed yeah. her friend who had ultimately ended up taking her own life as a consequence of what happened to her so i, I don't know I, I didn't actually think of that i obviously saw the guy i don't know what he was he was planning on or what the plan was but because he was immediately remorseful this 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 lawyer she almost she as a consequence him. of that and i think because of like she she's she's had some sort of like faith in men rekindled a bit by this guy that she's been seeing 
those two things make her actually kind of like drop the whole thing. Yes, she she makes a and then seeing the mum, Nina's mum as well. She like it, who encourages her moment. to to like you, <laughs> to you're never going to move on unless or you need to let go of this in order to be able to move on. So those three things all come together in order to be able to for her to what we think is going to be like well, deliver the, the, the boyfriend move on. actually the boyfriend actually catches her. When she, with the, the mix, yeah, it's yeah. with the one of the the trio from the yeah, very from beginning. The, but he's able to sort of work past it eventually. So she does that. I think that does give her some sort of faith again in in blokes because yeah. he sort of, he could have just washed his hands of her when he's seen her in that situation. You know, unfortunately, yeah. we can't have the happy. Ending no, we can't. And it's it's the the video that we mentioned does crop up. It's it's Madison who has it as part of this sort of blackmail mm-hmm. sort of arrangement. She. She has it on an old, I think it's a Blackberry or something from yeah from back right, in the day, yeah. and it's a video of of, ne- of Nina's. Could you see it coming? I was like, oh no! It's well, as soon yeah. as they provided a video, you knew her boyfriend was going to be on was going to be implicated. But in as it. Peter sure said, enough, it's it's so powerful because you don't see the yeah, video; you just see Cassie's see face as she reacts, and you hear Ryan's voice on the video, who, who, who's kind of. You know, he's he's not he's, directly involved in the act. He's in the room. He, he's, he's in the room filming. He's, he's in the room and and he's complicit in just the way that he goes along with it. Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, he's you know he's tried to have this relationship with someone and not declared this yeah. huge bit of information. Well, uh, yeah, it's bigger yeah. than that, Reeves. Yeah, it sort of brings us towards the climax of the movie then, because she now enacts this. Well, full... she, she she challenges. Ryan about it and he gives up the information There's about some more blackmail where, isn't there he'll, yeah, she'll drop Al's the video bachelor party is going to be taking place yes yeah, she, she's going to release the video to all of his contacts friends family if he doesn't give up the information about the bachelor party or stag do if you're yeah. British as we are this week yeah for the guy who is accused of it Al Al yeah he's played by Chris Lowell who was Bash Howard in Glow, which also features Alison Brie, and oh, yeah. I, I heartily recommend that series if you ever get a chance to watch it. So you go, going into this sort of final act of the film, huge and, spoilers. And because from here on out. yeah, massive, massive spoilers. But up to this point, I'd found it quite. It was it was sinister in the sense that you know, like that she's you know, we've seen it a lot in in loads of other films. Like you know, I, I'm I'm thinking of films now, things like. You know, like Cape Fear and stuff like that, where like this this person knows every knows how to get to everyone, mm. knows everything about them. Mm. He can, well, in Cape Fear, he can like infiltrate all the parts of their life. She's able to do all of this, mm. and and I I didn't know what what rating this film was. I didn't know if it was a horror, a comedy, a thriller, or whatever. I didn't know anything about it, and I thought that it was one of that is going to sucker punch you. This is going to get like seriously like fucked seriously up and violent. violent. That's, yeah, that's, that's what, what I, I thought, thought was well. coming. I was starting to mm. feel for a pillow so that I could put it over I my was, face. I was like that the whole way through. Which I think is, is the is is one of the brilliant. It just made parts you feel uncomfortable the whole way through. Completely, yeah. But it is pretty funny as well. Though, it was, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's kind of you know aware of how directors like to just make you laugh and then completely scare the shit mm. out of you or, or, or something. You know, I was just ooh, behind. I wasn't sure what she was going to do. I wasn't sure if it was going to turn American Psycho. Wow. I don't know if it was going to be. I've like... got it. I know what it is. What? Nurse. No. Oh. Um, so what what does happen is she basically dolls herself up like a stripper. Yeah. Or she's going to be the dance entertainer As a nurse. for 
the bachelor party. So she makes her way and ever since Scarlett Johansson in Lost in Translation, I've had a thing for wigs. <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh, and I also That's always had a thing was. for white stockings. So this was really fucking... Really? Yeah. White, yeah. Yeah. white so stockings and wigs or... is... No, is it, um, yeah, is it... Animals. It, <laughs> is it you wearing it or... It doesn't sheep? Matter. You like sheep. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I was enjoying the wardrobe choices in this particular sequence. So she does make her way into the bachelor party and they must have been expecting someone to turn up as yeah. entertainment so she must have known who it was and told them to fuck off and went in either way no because he says oh i didn't want one so the no, i think the implication I think she turns was up unannounced she turns up unannounced when I there's think 20 the odd guys in, exactly. and one you know uh, they're yeah, all out of tune everybody else did it, it. Yeah. Yeah. somebody else yeah. has done it uh so she gives him a lap dance and then she takes him upstairs and now your heart's thudding because you think well what's gonna well, happen she's here? she's done the sort of um the shot she's poured a shot into yeah. all the guys who are down on your knees and they've all had a drink of oh, um, yeah, that's vodka right, yeah. which is key didn't really see that bit coming actually no. it's quite clever when she's upstairs she they're doing some fun stuff and she handcuffs him to the bed at that point he realizes things are starting to turn a little bit sinister and yeah well probably the part where she leaps on him and she starts to carve was before that she, she says they, they won't be coming to help you like they're, oh, they're, she they're says asleep her, her name yeah she says her name is Nina oh, yeah, my Rogers. Name's Nina. Yeah. Fra- Nina Fraser, I think it is. And, and what, what is, and she talked about this scene and she said what, what was powerful, she felt was that a lot, a lot of the time, this guy, this actor is played in nice guy roles and stuff, yeah. you know, and playing nice guys in these, in these roles made it, all the more well i think there's a load of that meta casting go i personally don't know the actors but the first guy who's taken home i think is is an actor in like a teen type. he was in the oc he the was OC, Seth, yeah, yeah. He was so Seth he was playing OC, yeah. against type and, and christopher mintz platz as well and you know so there's a there's a lot of and, that going and, you on. know and they're saying oh, i've got a girlfriend i don't want to do anything you know they're, they're saying the, the until the scene turns of course yeah. she is basically going to carve nina's name all across his body yeah um, yeah, when but, the, it's a scalpel, isn't it? Yeah. When the scalpel came out, I'm like, right, here we go. Here we Cush, go. Cushion yeah. time. I don't want to watch this guy get disemboweled. And like you said, she says, nobody's coming to save you. There's a shot downstairs. All the guys have passed out. She drugged she's, the she's alcohol. She's drugged them, yeah, which is quite... Now, this is the part. There's a scuffle. He, uh, he manages to get one hand out of I've gimmicky seen. handcuffs and is able to kind of defend himself, which he does by placing a pillow over her head. And I guess if you hadn't had this sport view, which like, unfortunately I had, you would think, well, she's going to get out of this. Yeah. She's yeah. definitely not no, going to die I, I, yeah. like this. But she fucking does. Yeah, it's yeah. so uncomfortable. It's so horrible to watch. It's such a convincing portrayal yeah. of somebody being suffocated. So, such a long... It's long, yeah. Protracted. Even the knee on the even, neck. Yeah, yeah. Even, you know, even like, knowing it, I was when her legs still sort of going a bit limply at the end. But she, I was like, maybe she's going to get out of this. Maybe, yeah. Maybe the boyfriend's going to come up. And, and, uh, and, and uh, I know it's not the same thing as well. But you get those uncomfortable images of George Floyd as yeah, well. Yeah, you know, because yeah. it's a knee on the face. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. it's this obviously horrible, traumatic thing. And then. You know, the camera lingers and he falls asleep, I think, basically. Doesn't well, he's well, stuck, no, he's yeah, still stuck to the He's bed. stuck in there till the guys come round from... Yeah, in the morning. I don't think he does fall asleep. He, he It just sort of cuts and then the guy comes up in the morning and he's, he's awake. He's, he's and, sat there on the bed. Yeah, and then has to explain to his friend what he's done. And his friends immediately... Well, it's uh, just straight into cover-up, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it? yeah, yeah. 
and and it, right, reassuring him, oh, you're a good guy, you're a good guy. You know, you know, it's, it's yeah, it's really yeah. quite. It's yeah. so awful. It's awful. Yeah. It's awful. They burn the body. Yeah, yeah. It's I think a really bad way of disposing of a body. Yeah, but, but I, I don't say. think they were. They had... weren't very clever. They never even covered the the ash, did they? No. At one point, they kind of kicked the hand back into the fire, and it was the the kind of murder, I guess that eventually will be caught which is kind well, of what happened from beyond the grave as she's sort of teed it up teed she's it up. teed it all yeah. up yeah with the help of the lawyer she said if anything goes down this is, this where is what I you to do yeah. yeah this is where i was yeah see i did i didn't i didn't understand whether were they scheduled messages or was this the lawyer with her phone i think this was the I, lawyer was receiving a letter right, okay, yeah, yeah. saying yeah you know it's ryan who has the phone yeah, because she's texting him yeah. from beyond the grave yeah. with messages that have been sent, scheduled to be delivered. So uh, at this the wedding after the vows have been done, and it's, I guess, during the reception, the start of reception, and the police turn up. Everything. Well, you hear the sirens yeah. in the distance, don't yeah. you? And you think, okay. Well, so- they all start to think in the wedding, don't they? Yeah. As, as what the hell are the police coming in? And they've obviously got this hanging over them. All these it was only two guys families, they? that actually knew about the the mm. murderer. Yeah. And one guy, the best man, he hightails it. He just legs it, yeah. He just yeah. legs it and hopes, I guess, the other guy is going to take the, the, the fall for it. Well, they've come um, for Al because they've got the video. Now they can finally prosecute yeah. him for yeah. but, they, but they specifically arrest him for the murder of... Cassie. Yeah, of Cassie. Yeah. So it's it's an absolute gut punch of is, an ending, yeah. isn't it? Really, I yeah. mean, and the crazy thing is, is that originally this movie was supposed to end at the bonfire. At the bonfire, yeah, that was the end. The the scene of the sort of retribution, kicking the hand back in the fire. Uh, that was that was, 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 was going to be the oh, end, really? which, and it didn't God. test very well. <laughs> no, I, wow. what a bleak ending that would. Yeah, been. that would have been same savage, as um, yeah. same as dodgeball was supposed to end on <laughs> Vince Vaughn getting hit and being out. That was it. Right, that would have been the end Again, of didn't, that. Didn't yeah, test I mean, very well. Brutal. Similar films yeah. in many ways. This is a really good film, isn't it? I mean, obviously, did you? I'm assuming everybody loved this as well, much as I did. Before we get into, I mean, thought it's thought provoking. More of, I, I mean, I I thought about it afterwards, and I thought. I would be really interested to hear like a, you know, like a woman's take on this film and how they felt throughout it. Did you watch it with your wife? I don't have a wife, but yeah, I did. did. Watch I, did I did watch it with her and she, she wasn't really, she wasn't really watching that intently. You know, she okay. was so, so really at the end, I pitched it to her as a comedy the because comedy. I'd read because I was a little bit as we Aroused. referenced right at the beginning <laughs> I was a little bit unsure because it said on like Wikipedia is an American comedy film right ah. and then I promise you in, in the time that I was researching it it changed because obviously you can change yeah, Wikipedia yeah, yeah. it changed from like to the American was dropped and that, that was where I was like okay I'm sure it's a British film it won out Sandy British film at the BAFTAs and then comedy was dropped, and then it just went as an American thriller, and then comedy was put back in. So mm. I think it's it's still that new that so people are still trying to work out it what is it is. A black comedy. It's but just- I, I pitched it. I pitched it to the other half as a comedy film, which there were definitely there was like bits we were. Well, I laughed. We both laughed, yeah. but she, it wasn't the film that she was expecting. She found it quite kind of like weird and sinister, and and 
well it is those things yeah and it's harrowing and uh, I, I think okay so maybe I'll maybe I'll remake my point I'd be interested to hear so there must be girls not necessarily who believe that they have been raped but have probably thought the next day fucking hell I was drunk I wish I hadn't done that and whether that means rape to them or not I would be very interested to hear their viewpoint because obviously I've never been in a situation necessarily like I've regretted, You're always up for it. I've, great, I've regretted things that I've done when I've been drunk. You've never it's, been. It's not. It, it is different. Mm. It is different. And and for me, I think that as a man watching it, I think the intent behind that is to make men think about this type of situation. Yeah. Is to make men think when they see a girl who is drunk, and even if the intention in, in the first instance is honest, like oh, let's go and help them, which I, I would. I, if there was a girl who was like falling over. Like people are laughing at her or something. I'd be like, "Look, can you know? Do you need yeah. some help? Have you got your phone? Who, who, like, what's your name? Blah blah blah." I, I to be honest, I, I would think twice about doing that now, even though my intentions would be totally honest. It was mm. incredibly thought provoking. She, she did say at one point, "I go to the pub every week, and every week some guy goes. Huh. Like, not one week there yeah. was, yeah." There's just always actually, a, a nice guy. He was, he was a nice guy. It's never guy. a nice guy who just um, got her home. It's easy to look at this and go, well, these are predatory men. They're going one step beyond, like you're talking about having a drunken one night stand and regretting it, but still being aware yeah. of what you're doing. And that's the same for men and women. But, and then, but it's easy to look at the douchebags in this and go, oh, they're just predatory yeah, yeah. assholes. But then you need, you do need to think about, it. are there elements of your behaviour that have contributed in general to that? Cause exactly. It's, you know, the scene with the construction workers shouting, hey, and all yeah, that yeah, stuff yeah, at her, it's the same. Yeah. It's not the same, but it's yeah, a part yeah. of the, yeah. the world which makes but, but this the, happen. The, 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 specifically, the, 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 like the, the, the vehicle for these situations is alcohol mm. because mm. the the theme is that as soon as they realize, Oh, actually she's not drunk and she's putting it on that immediately means that they then step back. It's like, well, well they know on. what thought, they're doing. You were drunk. Like yeah. you've duped me here. And it's like, I, yeah. I mean, what, what should happen in that situation is like, Oh, okay. You're not drunk. Great. Like, do, do you still, should we, you know, do you want to watch a film? Mm. Do you want to do, mm. you know, but they immediately like recoil and go like, Oh, this isn't yeah. what I thought it was going to be. Which it's kind of like which to, is to highlight the cowardice, yeah, yeah, to highlight the cowardice, and and she even says to like McLovin, oh, "Do you still want to fuck me?" Yeah, and he's like, "No, no, I just want you to go." Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 but which is and there's just tons of interesting stuff. I mean, we've picked on one bit, and we could probably go on for ages. There were loads of loads of interesting topics brought up in this. I think this is quite an important movie. In I think so. There's a Hollywood yeah. response it, it was, to me it was too. One of those films that I I didn't. Because I had that feeling that she was about to slash, it was going to turn into a massive gore fest for some yeah. reason. I, I just had that feeling that I'm mm. watching a horror show. Yeah. It didn't turn out that way at all. No, no, no. And watching it. Second, it was worse. I wish she it hadn't was worse. Had what happened to her was worse yeah. than a, a horror oh. movie yeah, where well, she goes crazy yeah. at the end and she's covered in blood and you're like, but if that, because that's where I thought it was going. Yeah. And what happened is is worse, yeah, gut yeah, punch yeah, wise, yeah. and a much better ending yeah. to the movie. Because it's I don't all know. power suggestion. She, I, I don't know, like, my missus loved it. She really loved Mine it. Mine did as well. I was a bit unsatisfied by the ending because I didn't know what they were trying to say. Like, you have to, she has to die to get. Well, this is what I didn't like. I would, I would have preferred like, her you know, to still be there at the end. To, I don't know. Although the fact that she set up 
the the yeah. the messages the, the she knew it was coming her, she, she knew, knew it was that coming. it was, a yeah. it was her insurance that she plan. might not yeah. make it back from this i don't th- i don't think it was her intention necessarily to die but i don't think she, she was cared. prepared to yeah. yeah she was prepared to yeah yeah to to sort of like make this point and she was inherently she was completely devastated and destroyed by what happened to her friend it had mm. dominated her life mm. ever since and you know and even even though she got i guess it was like she, you know she'd restored some of the faith in in men through the lawyer and through the through this Ryan specifically, well, but no, he but then, was no, but she was, to a point like yeah. she had because obviously she even I mean she even like spat in his coffee and he still came back the next day and was like you know I'm I'm interested in you yeah. and it's not in a bar it's not because she's drunk if a girl it's like, like that yeah, spat in your guy, coffee you'd be back but, I spat in your coffee before and <laughs> you never returned it yeah and I, and I'll be back for more yeah but like I said so I read some stuff afterwards about. There was some some negative feedback about it, and and uh, some bits that I read, like specifically about the, like the portrayal of men in it. Fuck that, right? This 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 film is specifically about guys like the guys in the film. It's not saying all guys are rapists and all guys are predators, and so it's saying hashtag not all guys. These well, but th- these but guys, it's like, also saying as a man, you do need to look at what you've yeah. done, however small scale or innocent you think it is in making a world where this sort of thing happens at this sort of frequency. Yeah. Because it does. Yeah. We're, we're basically specifically where like alcohol and sex are concerned. Mm. Yeah. And, and you know, there, there'll be, you know, there are other bits of that. The only guy in the whole film, correct me if I'm wrong, who does pers- like seemingly does nothing wrong is a nice guy is her dad. Yeah. Everyone else is, has, has either done something wrong and, and, you know, the lawyer is trying to atone for it and, and, you know, Ryan. In a deleted scene, he fucked a dog anyway. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who, the dad? Yeah. Oh, that's him out there yeah. as well. Yeah. Although I don't really like dogs. One of the other really unpleasant things that came out of this is that a variety, I think it was Variety magazine critic, basically piled into this by saying that she's not attractive enough. Bullshit. Which is just absolutely insane because one, what? she's absolutely stunning. And two, what is th- what is that criticism in this movie yeah. doing? It was because petrol on it. Yeah. yeah. It was because it was a script that was offered up to Margot Robbie's production company and yeah. she bought it. And this guy, he was a gay man, so mm-hmm. he wasn't interested necessarily in who was the best looking. He just said he thought Mar- it, was, it would have been a be- Margot Robbie would be better suited to it. But she was absolutely it, brilliant. It, it as was well, completely worded, and it, it really upset. Not only is she stunning, but she's brilliant in this. It, it as well. I have absolutely no issues with this. No, this like, girl, you know, playing this part, I thought she was fantastic as well. She yeah. said that that particular article really offended her because she said he is basically just saying I'm not hot enough to play this part. She got an apology, didn't she, of she, some sort? She did, yeah. Uh, yeah rightly so i mean and she she does dress sort of provocatively as well she's sort of like you know like that scene scene where she's coming out the yeah yeah the the bar you know never high heels hair tied back looking really really hot but really really drunk with arms and very slutty but yeah i mean you you can say that i think she's doing that on purpose because again the the point well she put on a thing about blowjob lips and before and she'd been watching him that was what made me that right that was the director doing the video yeah yeah. Yeah. so that was one of the things that made me think because we used to call a girl right when we were in upper six we used to call her blowjob lips and it really felt like a Punch when she's saying that in the movie because it was speaking directly to thing and i'm thinking yeah i called yeah, her blowjob yeah, yeah. lips that's yeah. what i did when i was 18 that was her name we all referred to her as blowjob lips and yeah that's part of what 
Again, the point being about- that a girl can wear a short skirt or, you know, fishnets or whatever and not and it doesn't necessarily mean it's an open invitation to no, just wearing exactly. some clothes yeah just because just just she clothes. fancies wearing that yeah. right well so we're all really woke and love this film then yeah well you know for me <laughs> it was it... <laughs> it was a it was a story that i i thought at one point was going to be some kind of oh is this just all a a dream. A hang up from high school where she's just getting revenge and it's going to go this way. Is this just a revenge film for? But it's not. I think it's it's a lot lot deeper than that, and it yeah. it, it goes on a lot more levels. And really, it's a, it's a story of of loyalty and love mm. for her friend. Mm. You know that that she's mm. actually sacrificed her life because her friend. They don't get the enormity of what has happened to this girl yeah, and what she's yeah, yeah. gone through yeah. after that. That she's taken her own life. Yeah. And everybody else, even her own family, seems to be glossing over it. Well, even bit. us here, we've barely talked about her. And, and she's the central figure who's, you know, she's dead throughout the whole Nina. movie. But she, Nina's yeah. driving absolutely everything, her yeah, relationship. Yeah. And the fact that everybody has forgotten about her and swept her under the carpet, that's what's the yeah, whole thing. You yeah, know? Oh, yeah. Man, so I, I think this is, you're right, it's, it's an important film. Mm. I think it, I, I think it, lots of people will watch this once you know they may watch it again and again i I don't know but for myself i'll watch it once and i'll I'll not forget that i've seen it Mm. you know i'd like to watch it again knowing that it's not a massive slasher there's that as well there's that as well because i'll probably watch it sense of dread that i had all the way through was never realized in in the way that i thought it was going to be that's right so i'd like to go back and and pick up on a lot more things because it was it was actually really clever yeah. you know in in mm. that sense of what would you do you know if 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 Definitely you're a person labor. in her position to get that kind of power and everything what would you do pete your nomination were you not entertained yeah i was entertained Riggs? yeah brilliant absolutely brilliant dan yeah i enjoyed this i did behind a, a pillow for most of it but i enjoyed it same here although i would have liked that to have survived yeah, yeah. What did you ask us to watch, Pete? I asked us to watch Danger Mouse for a couple of reasons. One, because, well, it fitted with the theme of British and I enjoyed it, the original series, very much as a child with David Jason and Terry from Terry and June was Penfold and some other people. And I'd only sort of, uh, I'd noticed my uh, my two youngest watching this, more so my five-year-old watching the reboot of this, you know, off, off his own back, he'd found it and put it on and watched it and thought it was cool and fun and enjoyable. How old? He's five. He's five. Okay. Yeah. And he, yeah, he liked it and has been watching it quite a lot. So I thought I would inflict it upon me and you guys at the same time. I guess the thing that I was most interested, we all remember Danger Mouse as, as kids, right? Yeah. And yeah, Dan. Yeah, yeah, fondly. And yeah, so I, I wondered whether or not in this day and age with a sort of a bit of a modern reboot and some new people doing the voices, it would stand up against the old one in I any way, shape or form. I wondered if they would compromise its Britishness because the original Danger Mouse, what was cool about it, I'm assuming everybody liked Danger Mouse, the original Danger Mouse? Well, it did, but there I was did. a distinct lack of things to watch around that time, as I remember, and Danger Mouse was the best of... Oh, I actually, I on. actively liked it. You, it was so British. It out, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, I I, it. There, it, yeah, was, I did, it was yeah. never... 
Let's say bottom of the list, never bottom of the pile, but it was never the top for me. Either. Again, yeah, right, similar yeah. though in that, like you know, say there was like Mighty Mouse in in the in the mm-hmm. US, which is very like hero, big. He was muscly and strong and stuff. Like this guy was, you know, not an anti-hero, but you know, again, sort of like more your every mouse fallibility yeah, he was in an there. Every mouse kind Pen- of character. Penfold. One eye, didn't he? I mean, Penfold was yeah. a buffoon, which he still is in in this one. He's the world's twelfth greatest <laughs> psychic. <laughs> That's what they yeah. said about him. That's what it, it does. Yeah. It it does say, yeah. yeah. And it, I mean, they'd gone sort of like more out there, I think, and they'd modernise it. Obviously, there's a bit at the beginning with the London Eye, like spins out of control yeah. and flies up yeah. into space, and but it's still. Well, I thought that was a bit reckless, to be honest, because Danger Mouse causes basically an intergalactic issue straight away, doesn't he? he yeah. As you say, the car. I don't yeah, know what it's, it's called. The danger. He puts the danger in Mouse. You see. Well, That's but he just. Thing. I was a bit like, don't introduce him as a prick because he spins around London Eye, as you say, and he flies off into space, and his spaceship hits some aliens. And yeah, they're about to make first contact. Yeah, about to make first yeah. contact. The aliens think they've been attacked and start firing weapons. Mm. Then he takes out all their weapon systems and like. Yeah, it's away. very aggressive. It's really aggressive. Yeah, I was like, mm, do I like they this They were edgy? pretty tooled up, though, the aliens, so they must have been. I think that he were saved us all there. Well, but as far as they're concerned, he struck first. This is just the intro, yeah? Well, we were back in the 20-plus minutes of animated fun with this sort of thing, which is great, if, if it was any good. 20 um, glorious-plus minutes. Yeah. I mean, you, we've we've watched longer things than that. I, I, yeah, I'm, probably... I'm not going to apologise for the length Don't, of it. I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. I fucking hated it. <laughs> it was utter shit. This one's dressed up as Baron Greenback having, uh, re- you know, reformed. He's, yeah. not, he's not the master criminal or the baddie of this anymore. I um, didn't like his voice. His voice that... was not as good as the originals, I thought. Everybody else does. The voice cast Stiletto. is really good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Stiletto. You had to Alexander Armstrong as Danger Mouse, which was great. No. Yeah, works perfectly. Is it Kevin Eldon? Kevin Eldon. Kevin I Eldon. really like him, but he's I didn't from like him. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. I love Kevin Eldon. He's really yeah. funny. I actually did. I vastly prefer the original. Yeah. Fold. Stephen Fry as Colonel K. Yeah, he yeah. He was really yeah. good. Colonel um, K. Yeah. But yeah, Baron Greenback was not my favourite. You've got quite a stellar cast, haven't they? For, brilliant. For the voice team there. Yeah. I mean, Danger Mouse, as you say, it's a very quintessentially British. <laughs> Um, (laughs) British animation cartoon I remember the old Big Ben and everything in Mm. in the title credits everything kind of British this one I didn't actually get to watch so I couldn't comment on on too much but tell me about the 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 cartoon style then the animation is it is it different very much to it's the been old modernized one? It's yeah been modernized but it's in, still and he's had a very is slight it total drama island kind of modernized or is it more pixar modernized oh no where, it's nothing is, where, nothing what, sophisticated the, like that it's still got the appearance of the sort of hand drawn animation right. it was but it's obviously done on computers because nobody fucking does that shit nobody by hand by anymore hand really anymore, no. like, apart, well some people do but yeah this is a computer but it's got that style i think it it updates it Mm. so there are some more sort of spectacular sequences than you would have seen in the old one but then they still keep up some of the old gags like in the old danger mouse sometimes they would describe a scene that was happening that was unbelievable but it was completely in pitch black because they couldn't afford to animate it so you just saw their eyes as they talked about it. it was one of the funny gags and they did that in this but they would also show you crazy shit like a panda driving a tank with robot legs destroying half of London at the at the time. Yeah. And there's still like the the narrator 
is is like dropping a load of the gags and kind of laughing at at like it's laughing at itself. Yeah, in, and in, breaking in the fourth wall, yeah, talking yeah, yeah, to yeah. you in the audience, talking to the narrator, interacting, lots yeah. of clever, absurd stuff. Yeah, I can imagine Alexander McQueen. Is it McQueen? <laughs> <laughs> the guy who directed Twelve Years of Slave. Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great. I would imagine he's quite good at the voice of this. He is. He's not like a million him. miles away from the David Jason voice. That that didn't affect. I'm, I'm actually quite interested. If so, you you watched like I'm not saying you loved the original, but did you enjoy the original as a child? Uh, it was ITV, so we uh, had a sort of blanket hatred of anything on ITV. So I didn't <laughs> like this. So didn't like didn't like Inspector Gadget for that reason as well. Did, did oh. you have any other channels as a child? That was, yeah, but then if you veered onto one, you get fucking like things with real people in, like Why Don't You and. Blue Peter, which I fucking hated. Right. So, so if, like Mars, three was gone. It's Transformers. I lead like robots and fast cars and shit like that. I don't care about a mouse really and some midget little dude. This so, is so just it's, shit. It's more Danger Mouse itself that you don't like than this. This you didn't like the reboot of something that you'd previously enjoyed. So it wasn't the the. It's not, the I'm not treating this as like sacrilege. No, not really. Right. You're just learn, not a fan of Danger Mouse in general. The original was better than this. Right. This was just generic shite. I thought it was bollocks. Okay. I I loved its uniquely Britishness again. They still have that feeling. You know, there's post boxes and Ooh. all sorts of stuff. That's what size is Danger Mouse? Well, he's so either small. massive or Penfold's microscopic. Yeah, but in relation to objects that are in the world, because sometimes he's a hamster. Is he? I want to say mole. No, he's not a mole. He's not sure what he when is. you see them leave the post box and they're mm. really small. Yeah, but then who? There are no humans in this. What the queen is a is a is a corgi, and the perhaps they've got Jimmy Camel instead of Jimmy Camel. What did a, you call our queen? She's a corgi in this. <laughs> this could be some sort of post-apocalyptic world there where everyone's mutated. Yes, with animals. Yeah. It's almost certainly what it is. Yeah, I I really like this funny, good voice cast. It was long, but it it I enjoyed it. There's a theory online that might give you a bit of extra backstory. Would you like to hear it? I would. Before the events of the show, Danger Mouse and Baron Greenback were in a brief romantic relationship. Danger Mouse what? broke up with Greenback after realizing he had a short fuse, destructive behavior and a mental disorder. <laughs> Danger Mouse eventually fell in love with Penfold and married him. Greenback got really mad about that and became evil and all his plots to take over the world are really just to lure Danger Mouse in and kill him. Stiletto <laughs> is Greenback's new boyfriend. <laughs> okay. This is the, starting to make some sense. Now. The only reason Greenback started dating Stiletto is so he could know what it's like to be loved by a man again. But Greenback treats Stiletto the same way he used to teach Danger Mouse. In the reboot of the series, there is an episode where it is revealed that Danger Mouse is gay when he says to Penfold that it, um, it's revealed that Penfold is his husband. Wow. Get out yeah. of town. Is that true? That's what it says on the internet. So, therefore. Therefore. Wow. The logical step is that. I didn't see that coming. No. Christopher Eccleston, remember him? Yeah. He was Doctor Who for a little while. He was at one point taking part in i think it was hamlet on stage and at the same time was doing a voice for one of the danger mouse characters and he said he put danger mouse up there with shakespeare love it love there it you Great go. especially just Which, in the, in the zone there I, you I know, coming di- from doing i, I had a different hamlet take on it and then uh, i've got yeah. a question about danger mouse's eye patch mm. 
what's going on there? Because he wears an eye patch, but then in this episode, it, they give him a magic infrared one, but he can see out of it. So has he got an eye on, under there that he can see out of? He's just wearing a patch to be like mysterious. It's an affectation. Like that cow at the Amazing Mode. Like the cow, yeah. 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 Uh, Escape from I, I reckon it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I reckon it just must be like one of those eyes that you can take out and change for different eyes. But like that means he already one. had a bionic eye underneath the eye patch. Yeah. So then why is he not? But then the eye patch was clearly blocking you don't things give away out. All your cards, do you? I think it's a huge plot story. hole, and I fucking demand an explanation. <laughs> no, I just think it's one of those unsolved mysteries. I think I just sold it's it. It's very again similar to the main feature. He just very doesn't want to give away all his cards. He's he's like, there you go. You don't know if I've got a bad eye or a special eye. Or he's just he's wearing he's a, a costume, spy, isn't he? Mm, that makes sense. It might have to disguise, perhaps. Mm. Hey, does anyone remember Reservoir Dogs with the <laughs> dancing? This was shit. I didn't like it. What about you? Loved it. Yeah, it was rubbish. I didn't see it. You didn't see it. I, I was all right. <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed it for... No, it must it, I'm not going to watch any more. Oh, my God, son no. will. No, I'm not going to, yeah. but I would like my kids to watch it. So this week we have a person that is going to nominate films that isn't you or I... Peter, and it's, it's no one here either. It's no one in or this room either. It's no one in this room. That's right. No, there's a takeover, a mad Who? mum's takeover of bad dads. So my lovely wife is giving us nominations this week based on her interests and things. So, and it's her birthday on May the twelfth. So this will come out around about then. Which is, happy birthday! Yeah, we are going for places or travel destinations in movies just any place places in movies yeah but you know like unbelievable like the beach in the beach or i mean unbelievable places you'd like to go could be anywhere in the universe like you know anywhere just travel destinations okay okay like it we're gonna watch richard linklater's boyhood oh i've been thinking about that one for a while because she watched it and she said it was brilliant and i haven't seen it and it's got a very interesting the one filmed over 12 years or something? Yeah, yeah, it was filmed over 12 years. The actors grow up in it. It was an interesting thing wow. ready to okay. hook you in. And the kids thing is going to be The Snail and the Whale, which is on Amazon Prime at the moment. It's a Alex, you know, Axel Schaeffler and what's her name? Julia Donaldson. Yeah, got that one at home. Yeah. Cool. And a midweek? Well, I really want to watch The Holy Mountain, but I want to do a record and, and watch. I don't know if we can make that happen, but or watch them record would be better than recording yeah, maybe before we've seen that. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did, is that, that would be hard. Yeah. I uh, have actually seen it, but... Yeah. Do you want to let us know then? Because I probably won't be able to fit that in personally. Okay. All right. Well, I'll choose something else. Okay, cool. So we also revealed the winner of our competition, which was Stevie Robinson. Stevie! Well done, mate. Yeehaw! He's uh, become my online nemesis. Yeah, yeah. he wants to battle you. It, Every, um, yeah, everything goes immediately to, to violence, so he's backing himself. It was he, genuinely yeah. uh, drawn at random. I didn't just pick someone who talks to us. It was, uh, it was. I should have filmed it as evidence, but I uh, yeah, can that assure you that it was all uh, done legally legit. and in line with all some sort of gambling commission. Yeah, the commission. Yeah. But thanks to everyone who entered. That was really cool, and I will share the images of the picture when it's oh, done yeah, from your hard drive. But yes, yeah, <laughs> definitely. So like and review and listen because I've been getting very sad about the numbers this past week. Talk to us and. Just listen. Mainly listen is the focus of this message. Just listen. All that remains <laughs> is to say, signing, signing out. <laughs> <Yeah>. Bye-bye. <laughs>
Dance gone. Sælger jeg. Ja.